Welcome, my name is Lee Hopkins, my pronouns are he, him, his, and you're listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. This is a skill building podcast dedicated to helping you replace harmful patterns with new possibilities. In this episode, we're going to explore the eight basic emotions, why they exist, and how they fit into the beat. Are you ready for this? Let's go. The purpose of this episode today is to help you understand how the beat method works in a scientific, psychological way. I also want to get a really close look at the beat, take it down to a single cell level so we can talk about these elements so you can actually really be conscious about implementing it. Because right now you have an overall idea of what it does, but to actually use it, you need to understand this one-to-one-to-one formula that I'm going to explain later. Here's the science part. Much of what I share with you today is based on Robert Plutchik's theory of motivation. He's an American psychologist and professor who studied motivational theory and emotion. And that's what the beat is based on. He has several ideas about these emotions. He actually has 10 different postulates that describe how they work with us, but I don't want to get too far into that. I just want to talk about the few that relate to the beat. Here's the first one. He theorized that there are eight basic emotions. Joy, trust, fear, surprise, sadness, disgust, anger, and anticipation. Each one of these emotions comes in a different intensity. You could be scared, or you could be terrified, or you could be annoyed or enraged. And in order to illustrate this, he created something called the Wheel of Emotion. This shows the eight different emotions with three different degrees of intensity. The second concept we want to look at is this. Your emotions exist to get you to act, but not just any old action, okay? Your brain wants your body to do something specific. And according to his theory, each emotion has you perform one kind of action. When you feel joy, you will do something that's different than when you feel anger. Another one of his theories is that there's only one kind of situation per emotion. So if you're in a situation that is supposed to bring joy, you're not going to experience anger. That's how that works. To sum it all up, there are eight different emotions. Joy, trust, fear, surprise, sadness, disgust, anger, and anticipation. Each emotion appears one for one for one. That is, there is one kind of event that will produce one emotion, that will produce one kind of action. Now, if you're overthinking it right now, stop. Right there, stop. Don't do it. You're going to be just like me in my computer class in the 1990s. Not knowing how to type, I would just kind of smash on the keys. And one day, the instructor came over to me and he said, Don't do that to your computer. It can only process one line at a time. Bang on the keys like that. It's hard on the computer. One line at a time. All right? We'll get you Mavis Beacon help you with the type when you push two keys at once you're not going to get any type on the page you have to push the keys in succession of each other our brains process information just like computers one line at a time that's why i say 
I want you to keep with you the one for one for one and not overcomplicate it. There is one kind of situation that will produce one emotion that will produce one kind of action. Robert explains that all emotions are part of our survival mechanism because the reason why we have emotions in the first place is to get us to take some kind of action. Our brain is like, hey, 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 there's something about this situation that's important and this is what I need you to do about it. And I need you to do it right now because our survival depends on it. I wanna be sure not to understate exactly how important and powerful your emotions are. They are your superpower. It's just like you being Spider-Man, except you don't have any strength or you can't swing or hang on to walls, but you do have that Spidey sense. And you have a more advanced version of it too. Spider-Man can only sense when there's something dangerous happening. Maybe he can sense it from afar, but he can only sense one thing, danger. When he notices it, he responds appropriately. He never ever ignores it. It's important to his survival. His enemy might crush him. And it's just the same for you with your emotion. Pay attention to what you're feeling. They exist for the sole purpose of making sure that you survive or benefit from any situation you find yourself in. Don't ignore them. But also, don't let them control you. We just talked about the eight emotions, joy, trust, fear, surprise, sadness, disgust, anger, and anticipation. Now let's take a look at the corresponding situations and the corresponding actions. Robert created a chart and it shows exactly what we were talking about. It shows the situation and the emotion along with the likely action. But that chart seems very uh, scientific and not as user friendly. So I created one that fits the beats a lot more. And there's a piece of it that uh, if you compare the two charts that he doesn't have anything about the actual belief that happens within your mind. Our whole reason for learning this is to address the belief so that we can change that belief and the motivation behind it so that we can adjust the pattern or learn about ourselves. He states the kind of motivation but he doesn't quite say exactly what it is. And I get a little more precise with that in my um, analysis of what the belief is. So you can find that on my website at patternsofpossibility.com. Just look for uh, what is the beat and you can see an explanation along with everything we talked about here today. I'm going to go over the tables to give you a better idea of how to use them, what they mean, and how you can apply them in your own life. So the first table is a basic overview of what the situation, belief, emotion, action, and thought is. It's kind of broken down into more plain English. So it generalizes in the rest of, in the, rest of the explanation. So a situation is defined in this table as something in your environment that has stimulated at least one of your five senses. So you will hear, see, touch, taste, or smell something. Your belief then kicks in. You unconsciously evaluate your situation against your experiences and your worldly knowledge. That unconscious belief will drive an emotion 
It'll produce an emotion and that emotion will compel you to perform an action that will benefit you in some way, shape or form. And finally, the thought is about how you would have benefited or how you how you benefit. Now, there's another table that goes along with this, which brings in the eight different emotions. Joy, trust, fear, surprise, sadness, disgust, anger and anticipation. The situation is generic, but the belief, the emotion, the action and the thoughts are unique to each emotion. So, for example, uh, joy, you feel joy. The situation is that you hear, see, touch, taste, or smell something, which gives you the impression that, your belief, something valuable is here. The emotion that you will experience is joy. The action is keep the item or intentionally recreate the situation. And I think I will have resources when I do this. Here's another one. The situation, I hear, see, touch, taste, or smell something, which gives me the impression that, the belief, I belong here. The emotion, I feel trust. The action, I become acquainted. The thought, I will be supported. The table maps this out one for one for one. One situation brings one emotion which brings one action. This table will give you an idea of how to get to the belief. If you're feeling joy, then there's something valuable in your space. You may not know what it is right away, but that's what you investigate. What is valuable in this space that's making me so freaking happy? When you understand more about your belief, you'll understand more about you. I used to study Japanese in college and there was a exchange program that brought Japanese students over to my university. So I would hang out with them and have a cultural exchange as well as a language exchange because it's an entire exchange, right? So we're sitting down together, we're having spaghetti and meatballs, right? There are four of us, two American, two Japanese. We're all eating and then all of a sudden I hear and I freeze. And I, I turn around, I look, like, what the, what was that? And everyone paused. They didn't seem to have a reaction to the slurping. They had a reaction to me because I had a reaction to the slurping. Then one of the Japanese students spoke up and said, hey, when we eat noodles at home, this is what we do. We slurp it. And then my belief kicked in and it's like, that's disgusting. Ah, ah. We shared the situation, but we had different experiences because of our belief. And because of our belief, we displayed different emotions. If you were an onlooker, you could see the emotion in each of us, then look at that chart and make an assessment of our general belief. Because I acted like I was disgusted, you would know that this is disturbing. And it was. And that's how the chart is used. Your beliefs or your unconscious behaviors, your unconsciousness, it's like a backseat driver. They're always telling you what to do. You're in a driver's seat, you think you are, and they say, turn here, watch out for the pothole, don't go too fast, slow down, oh, slow down. You know, just annoying the heck out of you, but you're complying 
because you just want it to stop. That's your backseat beliefs. They push your buttons all the time. They're in absolute control. When they say jump, you don't even say how high. You just do it. Giving into your unconsciousness like that can lead you to a world of powerlessness. Just absolute powerlessness over your life because you're sitting in the front seat, you've got your foot on the gas, you're turning the car, but you're not in control. You're like a puppet on the string. Come on, Pinocchio, don't you want to be a real person? If you want to quiet that backseat driver, if you want to cut those puppet strings, then the first thing you need to do is to believe that you're in control. Do it right now. Believe that you're in control. That was so easy for me to say. It may be a little harder to implement, but you've come to the right place. I have a tool just for that. The beat. You're going to use it to silence that backseat driver. You are in control. Just like the dog whisperer, Caesar Mullion, you're gonna train them to be quiet. As soon as they start womp, 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 it's your car. You're in the front seat. You have your hands on the wheel. You have your feet on the pedal. You pay for the gas. You pay for the insurance. You pay for it all. It's your life. In conclusion, you want to get really good at knowing what your emotions are so that you can track your actions and understand your beliefs. And once you get a hold of your beliefs, grab them, sit them down, say, hey, I want something to be different. Not like that. You actually do some meditation, journaling, self-reflection, self-talk. You can also talk to other people, get some objective feedback from other people. There are so many things that you can do to help yourself understand what your belief is. But this chart will be very helpful to get you started on your journey. Remember, if you need a visual for this, you can find it at PatternsOfPossibility.com. There's a whole display and an explanation of what I said today, Robert Plutchik's theory of eight emotions. Remember that your goal is to own that belief that thing that happened in the background that's making all that noise in the back seat. Just go ch ch shh. My name is Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his. And you have been listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. I hope that you found today's episode entertaining and informative. If you like the podcast and would like to help me get discovered, leave a five-star review and also share with your friends or anyone you think might find this interesting. And remember, where there's a pattern, there's a possibility. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not meant to diagnose or treat any conditions. If you are having a medical emergency, go to your nearest emergency center and explain to them that you would have been there sooner if you hadn't been listening to this podcast. I'll see you next time.